morning, guys. Let's go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. Man, we have an amazing worship team. They too, I mean, they, they, they volunteer and uh, bring us great worship music. Mike today, man, what a stud. I've always known you're a professional, Mike, but man, you had a shattered light bulb fall on you and you just kept playing. Like nothing happened, man. So impressive, impressive. Just, just cool as a cucumber. If you didn't notice that, of course, everyone noticed that. What am I talking about? It was like right at a quiet time of prayer. So way to go, Mike. I'm impressed. Hey, something really cool has happened to me this morning. It was unexpected, unplanned, but you ought to be happy for me. Guys, I left my cell phone at home this morning. So that means, you know, I can't get all of those great messages about my sermon until in the afternoon, you know, so just, but I'll still read them. I'll still take them. And I'm and believing in faith that you'll want to send an encouraging text message. Now, this is an answer to prayer for the production booth because I'm not like texting back there saying, turn down the music or fix that or do that. So they're like, those, those guys and gals are like, thank God he left his phone. An answer to prayer. Praise God for that. Man, I'm glad we just all made it back here together. For some of us, it's been a week. For me, it's been two weeks. I was on vacation last week. Um, you know, maybe it's been three weeks for you. We're not counting. We're just glad you're here right now. And isn't it great that you just have this chance to kind of reset? And I hope that this, this time is a reset for you. Uh, as Pastor Aubrey leads us into these uh, worship songs that help shape our hearts. And then as we um, share God's love to each other just by saying hello um, as we look at scripture together. I just pray God resets some things in your life. And man, we're going to make it. We're going to make it through this season. Don't get anxiety and all this pressure. Don't put it on yourself when God hasn't put that on you. And, and you're going to have a great Christmas, right? Just, you're going to have a great Christmas. Just decide it's not going to be chaotic and you're not going to crumble. You're just going to, you're just going to smoothly walk through whatever God has, whatever challenge has for you. Okay. Sometimes the enemy has things for us and we're going to smoothly walk through that. And, and this is kind of the theme of today. Today, we're going to talk about peace and we're going to talk about what peace is and what peace brings. Hey, if you're curious about who our church is, I do want to just make a note of this. We have an online course called CIL Forward and we offer it face-to-face -face a couple times a year, but CIL Forward talks about who, you, who we are and, and what God's called us to do. And uh, our, our mission is to know his love and to share his love. You can't share something you don't know, right? And so when we come here together and we're molded and shaped by God's word, by the love of God's people, by the presence of the Holy Spirit, we, we, we need this weekly reminder in corporate worship. And then I hope you're developing a daily connection with the Lord several times a week with the Lord where you're connecting with his presence. Know his love. And once we know his love, we'll want to share his love for sure. Well, we're in week two of our Advent series. And we're looking at the characters of Advent. Pastor Jacob preached last week, did such a great job. If you weren't here, go back and watched the sermon. I watched it online and enjoyed it immensely. He talked about prophets and prophets specifically connected with the biblical concept of hope. 
Today I'm going to focus on a different character, our characters of Advent, and that is the shepherds. And we're going to look at the biblical call to peace. And and I I want this peace not to be something you just learn about. I want you to experience peace. I'm just going to speak over you a peaceful a peaceful period of time ahead of you. The Lord has that for you. It's the shalom of the Lord. And if you want his peace, you can receive his peace. Some of you enjoy chaos because it makes you feel more important or it makes you uh, excuse things. And you're like, I, I, I'm just crazy. It's crazy. It's crazy. Life is crazy. And, and, and that's, just, that's just where you want to be. Or you can just say, I'm in the shalom of God. I'm in the peace of God. I got a task to finish. I got something to do. I'm just going to keep walking, walking in peace, walking in peace, walking in the presence of God. And so I think you're going to see a lot of that. Now, we talk about Advent. What is Advent? Advent comes from a Latin word meaning coming. And this idea that God's people always anticipated God coming as the Messiah. And he did come and establish his kingdom that we're in right now. But Advent is not just about his first coming. It's also about we are still people of of anticipation. We're anticipating the coming of the Lord. Uh, We want God here. We know when he is here, things are better. When God is here, things are more peaceful. When God is here, there is hope. There is love. There is joy. That, my friends, is the kingdom of God. And so we are awaiting God. We, We have a sense of him already. He is already here, but he's not yet fully here. That's what Advent is. He's here, but not fully here. And so we look to that. So let's go to Luke chapter two. And we're going to start with verse one through eight. As we hear Luke, the doctor, his account of the story of Jesus. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus that the whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinus was governor governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own towns. And Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David to be registered along with Mary who was engaged to him and was pregnant. And while they were there, the time came for her to give birth. And then she gave birth to her firstborn son and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no room for him, uh, no room for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the field and keeping watch at, the, at night over their flock. And this is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. So you've heard the story of Mary and Joseph. And in that same area, in that same region, the Bethlehem region, there were shepherds. And these shepherds were on the night shift. Man, the night shift. Have you worked it before? Nurses, I know a lot of you, we got a lot of nurses in the church. Jalen's one of those working the night shift. Jalen works the night shift and then sometimes she gets off work and comes here and sings for you guys. That's pretty awesome. Thank God for a young lady who's 
consecrated to the work of the Lord. A lot of you nurses are working all night long, store clerks working all night, keeping those gas stations going, helping people get their munchies in the middle of the night. Law enforcement, you guys and gals, you're responding to here in this county to domestic disputes. You never know what's going to happen when you enter a home or you find out that chaos is in every, every neighborhood. Uh, security, yeah, there's physical security, but some people are working cyber security, looking out for all of the worms from different parts of the world that get into our computer, the viruses. Um, factories have to keep producing. Someone has to keep looking over factories. And so you know this, that on the night shift, weird stuff happens, man. I mean, just odd things occur at all those kind of places. And while, while a lot of people are sleeping, a lot of people, let's say, let's, let's just uh, suppose, I'll say 85% of people are asleep. That's why statistics are never accurate. They're only as accurate as the confidence of the person saying. 82.3% of people are asleep at night. Um, 18.6 are, uh, you know, are, are working and there's a variance of 0.3%. Well, while most people are asleep, really odd things are happening during the night shift. Strange things are occurring and you get these stories and sometimes they're funny, sometimes they're quirky. Um, again, sometimes people are identifying things in the sky that are unidentified as if our military doesn't have things that are classified at night. Has anyone ever thought about that? But anyway, I'm digressing here. <laughs> but here's what the point I want to make. Is that God chose the night shift to reveal the Messiah to the world. And when God revealed himself during that night shift, he spoke and peace came. Peace came to the world. Here's my first observation this morning. God brings peace to the night. God brings peace to the night. This is a very relevant point right now for lots of reasons. Look at verse 8 again. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby and keeping watch at night over their flock. One of the reasons this is a very relevant point today is we're at a dark season of the year. There's just not a whole lot of sunlight when we're awake, typically. And, and I've seen this just from talking to people and personal experience that sometimes this time of year around the holidays and December, December 21st being the shortest day of the year, like people's, people's sleep schedules get messed up. And, and we're just kind of still not recovered from the time change that first weekend of November. And it can be a time of frustration. It can be a time of discouragement. It can be a time of existential crisis. Because sometimes when you're laying in bed at night and you wish you were asleep, but you're awake and you're knowing like, if I don't fall asleep soon, then I'm going to sleep in. Or if I don't fall asleep soon, then I don't have enough sleep. And and then I'm going to wake up at the wrong time and then I'll be sleepy all day. And then the next thing you know, you're like having these thoughts of who am I and why do I exist? And why am I not doing more with my life? 
And so we have these existential crises sometimes in the night about like who we are and our thoughts wonder and our thoughts, our thoughts can sometimes get dark and match what's happening outside. The Bible even uses the night as a metaphor for sin. It says, you know, don't live in the night, live in the day. And knowing this is that sometimes sin can happen in the night. Might be sin in our own thoughts, the type of thoughts that I'm talking about where we demean ourselves or we turn from the Lord and, or it could be something more proactive. But I want you to see in the scripture that God chose the night shift to reveal himself and to reveal the presence of God. So maybe over the rest of this month and into January and into February, if you find yourself sleepless or restless or even maybe you find yourself at 5.23 p.m. in the dark, like you just got home from work and it's already dark outside and it feels heavy, feels overwhelming, it feels disruptive. Maybe you can imagine verse 8. That in Bethlehem, there was a field. And there were these shepherds in the field. And they were watching their sheep. And they were in the dark. But God's glory came right there in the dark place. You know, it's never fun to feel like you're an outsider. I feel like that every time I go to a restaurant where there's a wait walk in the door, need a table for four. Man, I miss all three of my kids going to dinner with me, but I know this and lunch with me that if one of them was gone, getting a table for four is much quicker than a table for five. It's worth it most of the time for all five of us to eat dinner together. But when there's four, there's a quicker access. So I go in looking for a table for four or five, They tell me to wait. They give you this very personal, close beeper system. And so you kind of got to work to find a seat. You got to figure out to have somewhere to sit or stand. Should I go on the porch? Should I find? And and you see all of these people. Because, you know, there's all types of things we dealt with in our childhood. um, Through adolescence, through being young adults, where we felt like we were on the outside. Every person has felt marginalized at sometimes, meaning they're on the edge, they're on the outer core, they're not with the popular group. They're not called in, they're not on the inside. I want to say this today, here's my second point. God extends peace to the marginalized, to the outsiders. God extends peace to the outsiders. And guys, we have to remember, long-term Christians, please remember this. The gospel of Jesus Christ is not just for you. It's for the whole world. We get comfortable being on the inside. And then we don't care about people on the outside. Why? Because we're on the inside. And we forgot what it's like to be excluded. Now let's go to verse 9. We haven't read this part of the passage yet. 
an angel of the Lord appeared to them and the glory of the Lord shone around them. This was happening in the night still. And they were terrified, but the angel said to them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all the people. You see Advent themes all through this, hope and peace and joy. Today in the town of David, a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. Verse 13, suddenly a great company of the heavenly host with the angel praising God and saying, glory to God in the highest and on earth, here's today's theme, peace on earth to people he favors. Peace on earth on whom his favor rests. Guys, this is the call to not just have peace someday and another day and another place. We, we say, well, we'll have peace in heaven. Yes, that is true, where sin cannot exist and where the glory of God is clear and unhindered. But he is bringing through the work of Jesus peace here on this earth peace here in this place and we have to believe it the message of Jesus is for the outsiders the marginalized the unpopular the excluded those who could never make their way to the popular tier the message of Jesus is for us and that's why he went in the night to those shepherds in that shepherd's field to make sure that the message of Jesus just was not for those who were connected, those who were religious. It was for every single person. The knowledge of Jesus is a gift. Salvation is a gift we receive. And there's peace upon those whose God's, fav- God's favors rest. So here's a question. Should a Christian be at peace? That, that, that's a question. I, I just want to ask that question because I know that as a Christian, there have been times when I've not been at peace. So I'm, I'm going to admit that to you right now. But now I'm going to ask you this other question. Theoretically, should a Christian be at peace? And I'm going to say this, yes, absolutely. And when we are in a healthy place, then we are at a place of peace. So sometimes an unhealthy place is something that's been imposed upon us or it's, it's some, we're, we're part of a, we're, we're connected to a relationship, we're part of a structure, we're part of something unhealthy and so we just don't have peace. And so that's not really our fault. Uh, so we have to pray and we have to maybe work towards health in that, in that realm. But other times we simply don't have peace because we don't expect peace. We've become accustomed to the chaos. And we've become accustomed to all of the disruption. And we become addicted to a, purpose, uh, a purposeless busyness. Okay, I mean, there's weeks, there's days I'm busy and I'm busy doing great stuff. There's weeks I'm busy and I'm busy doing great stuff. But then there's sometimes that I'm simply busy because it makes me feel important to be busy. And God's shalom and peace 
through Jesus is for the world. It's for today. It's for this planet. It's for this time realm. Richard Foster wrote these words. He's he's probably my favorite author. I mean, he's on the tier of favorite authors. Life from the center is a life of unhurried peace and power. It is simple. It is serene. It is amazing. It is triumphant. Guys, that's for you. It's not for the expert. It's not for the author of the book on peace. It's not for someone who is such a good motivational speaker that, you know, they've they've made it to a podcast or they made it to the Oprah Winfrey show. Oh, sorry, that was in the 90s. Sorry about that. It's, It's for you. Peace is yours. Jesus brings peace. He brings peace to the outsider. He brings peace in the night. He brings peace to you. Psalm 80, we prayed it together during the worship. It says, we will not turn away from you. Revive us and we will call on your name. Restore us, Lord God of armies. Make your face shine on us so that we may be saved. And so we keep turning to Jesus. Turning to Jesus. And so just keep turning to Jesus. If an Advent reading plan helps you turn to Jesus, use it. If an Advent reading plan is just one more task and it discourages you, don't don't use it. Just turn to his presence. Turn to his presence. Turn to him. Let his glory shine on your night. Let Let his glory shine on your your place of, of exclusion. There may be a Christmas gathering that you were not invited, for, invited to. Praise God that gives you a more peaceful, less expensive night to the glory of God. Turn to Jesus and do something you enjoy instead of moping that you weren't invited to a Christmas party. You know, video conferencing is something that started in the tens and I've been real a big part of it just because of the way my life was structured. And then in 2020, everyone, boom, or Microsoft Teams. And so now we're, we all do that here and there and everywhere. I'm over it, okay? I'm, I'm just kind of over it. So like even when we have meetings where we have to have Zoom, I'd rather just call in and put on a speakerphone, okay? So that just, I got too early of a start on it, I think. So I'm real over it. Whether you like Zoom or not, or or Microsoft Teams, here's the deal. Something we've discovered this decade is though efficiency and practicality calls for video conferencing at times. There is something powerful when you get in the same room with somebody. Guys, it's not the same. It's not the same. I love our online church and, and, and we love you guys. We honor you. We need you. We're there for you. Uh, but if you can get here, get here. Because something happens in the room. And part of us being a, a church that believes in the Holy Spirit, the Spirit of God is here in the room when, we're, when, when we meet. And the fellowship, like, like we're encouraged by each other's presence. So here's my third point today. I give you three points because two is too few and four is too many. Three is good. God creates peace by his presence. 
the incarnation. Peace by his presence, by him showing up, by him being with us, by him being approachable, by him being touchable, by him being in our midst. Verse 15 says this, when the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened. They didn't say, hey, what's the Zoom link? They said, let's go to Bethlehem. Let's get in the room. Let's get in the place where it's happening. So they hurried off, verse 16, and they found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what he, what had been told to them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God for all the things that they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. How many know when someone is reliable that brings peace to your life. Someone's consistent and it happened just as they were told, just as they were told, just as they were told. Jesus said these words in John 14, 27. Peace I leave with you. My peace I give to you. I don't give to you as the world gives. Don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. Brothers and sisters, I I say this as an encouragement, as a help, as a benefit. I'm not correcting you. I'm not getting on to you. I'm not saying Christians ought to be this. No, I'm saying this as a brother in Christ. As Jesus said, don't let your heart be troubled or fearful. Don't go to that place of anxiety. Let the peace and the shalom of God be with you. Hey, if you're able to, let's stand together as we move to a time of ministry. I'm going to invite those who are going to uh, present communion to position themselves for that. And uh, we're going to give you a chance to, if you choose to come down and take communion today, feel free to do that. Don't feel like you have to. Don't feel like you have to if the Spirit's leading you to do so. Maybe sometimes this time of year, sometimes people choose not to take communion for health reasons, and that's, that's fine, no problem. Uh, we also have in the back uh, self-contained communion elements if you want to go and take those. I'm going to pray, I'm going to bless it, the, the, ta- the table, and then we'll have an opportunity to respond. But you might respond uh, by praying at your seat. You might respond by going back to Luke 2 or Acts 80 or, or John 14, marking that in your Bible. You may want to pray with someone that you're here with that you know, encourage somebody, and we'll, we'll, be, we'll be ready to do that. Uh, I'm going to ask that. Uh, are you guys okay to pray with people? Yeah. Can you, you guys, why don't you just pray together over here? That's fine. You can just go over here. Y'all can, y'all can be pray together, and that's good. And then, uh, let's see. Yeah, Tate, you can, you can join them, and then, and then one of you guys can come over here. Sorry about that. Sorry about that. Tate's going to join you guys. And, uh, yeah, Jacob, why don't you come over here, Mauricio? Sorry about that, guys. <laughs> Hey, they were right at the first time, weren't they? Yeah, they, they saw it before I did. Come on, let's invite the Holy Spirit here right now. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Thank you, Holy Spirit. He is real. He is real. He is in our midst. He's here today. 
uh, as right before service, I encountered someone going to the men's Bible study and he just said, Pastor, I pray the Holy Spirit is on you today. I thought, what a great, great prayer. So the, the blessing that was spoke over me, I just speak that same blessing over you right now. I pray the Holy Spirit be on you right now. Come Holy Spirit, come Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit that leads us to the presence of Jesus. The same spirit that went to the shepherd's field and compelled people the shepherds to go to the room is the same spirit that marked your life, the same spirit that let you say yes to Jesus, that let you raise your hand when that invitation was given, that allowed you to walk down the aisle, that allowed you in that private moment to cross in your heart over into faith, to say, yes, Jesus, I believe you are real. I believe you are the Messiah. I believe you are the Son of God. I believe in the incarnation, God with us. God has come and God will come again. This is the reality that we live in because his love has touched our hearts and the Spirit of God is on you. The Spirit of God is not something you just observe upon someone else. It's not just for Aubrey when he leads worship. It's not for me when I preach or Jacob when he preaches or for the people presenting communion. The Spirit of God is on the people of God. He said that he would pour out his Spirit upon all flesh, the young, the old, male, female. They would all experience the touch of the Holy Spirit. And the touch of the Holy Spirit brings us to the story of Jesus and to the person of Jesus. So Spirit, we thank you for your ministry today. We thank you for your ministry today in Jesus' name. And Lord, it's a ministry of hope and it's a ministry of peace. Father, I pray, Lord, that you would bless this time that we respond to your word. Would you just repeat this extemporaneous prayer that I'm just gonna lead us us in from my heart. Would you say these words if you choose? Jesus, like the shepherds, We are lost without you. Thank you for finding us in the night, on the outside, and showing us where Jesus is. Now we go to Jesus because you came to us first. I repent of my sin and I turn to Jesus. No need to repeat now. So Father, you've heard this prayer of repentance from your people. Lord, as we reflect on this message of scripture, what's happened in this morning, we pray that your presence would be with us. In Christ's name we pray, amen, amen.